Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design, episode 178, Tale of the Chronic Undercharger. Epic stuff. And I have something I want to get off my mind today. I hope that's okay with you. I want to talk about transparency, value, cost, and price. And I want to talk about being a chronic undercharger. Put your hand up if that describes you. In this episode, I'm going to tell you a story about a friend of mine who's an artist. I'm going to call her Kathy. That's not her real name. She's a fine artist. I don't mean fine like... You know how when you say to your husband, how do I look? And he goes, you look fine. I don't mean like that. I don't mean fine like she's fine. Like when you see a really hot guy, he's fine. No, I don't mean like that. I mean, she's uber talented. And in a class with perhaps 12 other painters in North America who can do what she can do in this particular genre, I'm going to keep her name and everything about the situation, anonymous. But I want to tell you about a conversation we had recently. So Kathy, my painter friend, my uber-talented painter friend, was hired by a business tycoon to do a portrait, a huge portrait, five feet tall, an oil painting, in supreme detail. One day this piece will hang in a museum. Like so many of you during covid I am limiting my social encounters to outdoor settings for the moment, and we have a circle of friends, and we get together once in a while, and during a recent gathering of females I love, our painter friend Kathy shared with us what she charged the business tycoon for the portrait. Tycoon is such an old-fashioned word. It cracks me up. I really, what else do you say? A businessman? But, you know, it's kind of not enough big empire, big business empire, really exciting stuff. And anyway, my jaw hit the floor. Well, it hit the grass. We were outside. We're sitting on the lawn in Adirondack chairs. So it hit the grass. And she saw my face. Kathy saw my face. Well, everybody's jaw hit the dirt. We really were not expecting to hear such a low number. So there you go. The idea for this podcast got planted right then and there. And I definitely want to tell you what happened next. But first, I'm going to keep you in suspense. And I'm going to welcome Cheryl Horn to the podcast. She's got announcements. Hello, Cheryl. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, there might be a little bit of background noise. Kids are playing in the, the room next door, but we've been keeping busy. So they're playing nice. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> they are learning sign language, right? They are. They do a weekly class with my sister. So, um, And then she does a video of herself doing it and sends it to them after so that they can practice uh, before the following week. So, that is so uh, They're both cool. getting pretty good at it. I love that. And yeah. how genius way to keep the kids quiet. Sign language. <laughs> Oh, they do. And they'll, they'll do answers. They'll wake up in the morning and just say like, hi, how are you, mom? Instead of actually using words or <laughs> doing it in sign language. Oh my gosh. This is going to be a thing that catches fire when other mothers hear that. That's just brilliant. I love it. I love it. 
Uh, coming up this week for our monthly and annual members, uh, we're back to the recovery program. So we're still in phase three, which is positioning, um, but really important one this week, which is the qualifying conversation. Yes. How do you figure out who you want to work with during that first phone call? What are the questions you can ask? What are the red flags you should be looking for? When should you run for your life? And when do you know you've got an ideal client, which is something we talked about last time, you know, determining who that ideal client is really important before you go out to sell anything. And it's really good timing for this one too. Talking to members, things are starting to open up. Projects are starting back up and the phone is starting to ring for a lot of members. So it's, it's great timing for that. So again, that's this Wednesday, 1 p.m. EST and registration is open on the website. And then next week, members, non-members, this is open to everyone, a paid webinar, control your money, control your life. So what's great about this is that this webinar really does pick up where business of design leaves off. If you are a business of design member and and you're using Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, um, our pricing model, our billing and collection model, you should have a very healthy bottom line to be working with. And the decisions you make with that take home at the end of the day, month, year, um, can really impact your future. And for so many members, when they're sitting down and doing their you know, design for a living, which can seem a little woo-woo at the time, putting things out there really does hold you accountable, you know, writing something down can hold you attainable or accountable to attaining those goals. And for most of us, those goals are not just business related. It's about travel. It's about a vacation property, a car, putting your kids through college. So really attaining those goals is just a, just as much about your bottom line as it is what you do with that when you take it home and it becomes your personal income. Well said. I don't have a single thing to add to that, except there, when you're thinking of what you can do with that extra money, one of the things you might be thinking about right now is renting an RV or a sprinter van to go on a holiday where you can isolate in nature. We're looking into that right now. So yeah, lots of good reasons to jump on this webinar, Control Your Money, Control Your Life with Brad Kleinart. I'll be on the webinar as well. And I will be sharing my P&L, not the actual numbers I make, but how I structure my P&L. My profit and loss statement for those of you who have asked and are interested in that. I will be sharing that during the webinar as well. Details for that are on the website. Registrations open July 15th at 1 p.m. EST. It's a two-hour webinar, 195. Uh, members, non-members, everyone is welcome. Uh, so you can sign up online. Space is limited. Love it. Cheryl, thank you so, so much. Great. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Stay well. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Where were we? Yes, we were outside a big circle on the grass. Adirondack chairs spaced eight feet apart, 
and girlfriends having a gab. And our friend, the painter, Kathy, told us about a painting she had recently finished. We all knew about the painting. It was a really exciting, important commission. And as an artist, it is certainly not easy to make a living, but Kathy makes a living as an artist. Somehow the conversation turned to charging for services. And Kathy shared with all of us what she charged for this original portrait. And this all came up because she has been asked now to do some similar portraits for similar tycoons, let's call them. When she told us the fee for the original painting, my mouth literally gaped wide open. And she turned to me and said, I know, I know, I'm a chronic undercharger. We spent the next hour talking about how challenging it is as a female to charge for the value of your expertise. Over generations, we literally have been hardwired to accept less, to ask for less, and therefore to charge less. But admitting to being a chronic undercharger is about as far as most of us ever get. And we nod our heads and we say, oh yeah, me too. Yeah, really tough stuff. The fact of the matter is being a chronic undercharger is a choice. You may make that choice because you're hardwired to make that choice. You may make that choice by default. You don't want to think about it right now. You may make that choice and say to yourself, which is a lie I told myself forever and ever, next time I'm really going to charge more. I'm really going to bill for all of my expertise next time, always next time. You may make that choice out of fear. There's a thousand types of fear. Am I good enough? What if they're angry with me? What if I lose the job? Who do you think you are? Have you ever heard that? We've heard that in my office quite a few times. A potential customer will phone. I assume will say, my consultation fee is $900. And we've heard it more than once. Who does she think she is? But you want to know what we hear more than that? Okay. Wow. This is going to be amazing. Thank you. Here's my credit card. Right? That was not an easy place for me to get to. It was a long, hard, uphill battle. I am hardwired to undervalue and undercharge. I don't know why, but I am. And that's tough to fight through. I know sometimes when I meet other interior design professionals, they think, oh no, it's so different. You don't understand. Oh, I do understand. I wish you could see where I started. I truly wish you could see where I started. I hired so many business coaches. I spent so many thousands of dollars trying to get confidence to charge what I needed to charge. And for me, it was as simple as introducing systems and procedures into my office and then just following them. I no longer had to start with confidence. I had to start with rules and procedures. And then confidence grew as I saw myself implement those rules and procedures, stick to those rules and procedures, and succeed. It took years, but I turned around one day and I said, oh my gosh, I'm actually charging for every minute I work. In exchange for the value I provide clients, I am fairly compensated. I can pay my staff and my team and there's profit at the end of the year, and there's beyond that, there's retained earnings that I can use to make strategic purchases that are important to me. 
You might be listening to this right now and think that you are in some way unique, so far gone. I know I also suffered from chronic uniqueness. Put your hand up if you can relate to that. I thought nobody is as bad at this as I am. Nobody could want so much to make clients happy and to produce great work and to get published and to feel like an expert and fail so much. It turns out I'm not unique at all. And I'll tell you something else. I'm not the best interior designer out there. I'm really not. I look around at some of your websites and I'm like, wow, I wish I had done that. I wish I had the courage to do that. I'm constantly pushing myself in every aspect of my business, but one aspect of my business I finally have dialed down, and that's charging for the value I bring to clients. It's really important for my self-esteem. It's really important for the health of my business. It's really important for my community, those small businesses I support and big businesses that I support. It doesn't really matter why we undercharge, but the fact of the matter is accepting that it is a choice is a really big step. Because once you accept that it's a choice and you own responsibility for it, you can change it. I'm not saying changing that is easy. I am saying it's worthwhile. I am saying if you'll do it, even though it's scary, you'll be glad you did. Kathy went back to the customer who knew the cost of the original painting, by the way, and said, I know that I've already quoted you the following price for the portrait you want, but I'm a chronic undercharger and I need to recalculate that. Give me a couple of weeks and I'm going to do some research. And he immediately came back and said, I understand that. How long did it take you to do the first painting? Danger, danger, pull up, pull up, right? Are you just cringing now? I was cringing. I said, what did you say to him, Kathy? She answered him. She said, it took about six weeks to do the design. I assume that means the composition. I didn't ask her, but that's the assumption that I made in my brain, that the design of the canvas is a composition. And then she said it took another six weeks to execute. So he said about 12 weeks. And she said, yes. My head exploded at this point. I couldn't even contain myself. I had to be calmed with tequila. Don't judge me. We are all coping with COVID as best we can. And I do want to tell you what happened next. And I'll do that after a quick word from our sponsors at article.com. Hey, you fabulous design professional, you. I would like to tell you about article.com. Full disclosure, they're sponsoring the podcast again. We've worked with them before, and you know how picky I am about who gets to sponsor this podcast. So you know I like them. Article.com is an online-only furniture resource. I bet you're using more of those these days. If you've never been to their website, what you're going to find is a great, robust catalog of furniture that really makes sense right now. Think mid-century modern meets Scandinavian simplicity. Really gorgeous stuff. They have a full professional trade program that gives me exclusive pricing and tax-exempt purchasing on everything in their catalog, which is amazing. 
And the article team is made up of industry professionals who really understand the complexity of the work we do and are there to assist us with product sourcing and even finding the right item at the right price for your client. I'm all for anything that makes my job easier. And of course, that makes me look good and makes my clients' homes look good. Go to bod.article.com to register. That's bod.article.com. You'll be glad you did. And thank you, article.com, for your support of Business of Design and the work we do here. And now, back to the show. Where did we leave off? Yes. Our heroine, the painter, Kathy, confessed to being a chronic undercharger and then fell prey to a situation so many of us have been in where the customer is asking for the professional to reveal the cost of services. And the cost of a service is not the client's business. The client's purview is price. The cost of something is the business owner's business. In other words, if I own a coffee shop, I need to know the cost per cup and the cost of the coffee and the cost of the sugar. The customer only needs to know, if I want to purchase a medium-sized double-double, what's the price? This pervasive idea that expertise must be capped by the time it takes to execute what? Some of you now have heads exploding, right? Because you're like, Kimberly, this is crazy. You tell us we should charge hourly fees. Yeah, I do. And these two concepts are not mutually exclusive. So let me explain. Hang in there with me. I propose hourly fees because designers are notorious underchargers. So much so that in 90% of cases where I meet an interior design professional who's charging flat fees, I can see she is losing money or he is losing money. Don't get me wrong, they get income, but at the end of the year, there's not really any profit, any real profit. Not the kind of profit you need to sustain, oh, I don't know, an economic collapse due to a pandemic. I mean, ask yourself, on a scale of one to, oh my God, I have to start driving for DoorDash, how financially sound am I? The closer you are to working for DoorDash, the less financially sound you are. I don't want that for you. You don't want that for you. And I don't want that for my friend, Kathy. And consider this. If Kathy had charged an hourly fee for the canvas, even $100 an hour, she would have made significantly more. So that's why I want you to charge hourly fees until you really understand the number of resources that are used to produce the projects, resources being time and money. Now, some of you are just brimming with confidence and you can go straight to flat fees. I couldn't, I wasn't able to do that. But if you can, we're happy to help you do that and start right there. Even if you are going straight to flat fees, though, you absolutely have to understand the number of resources you pour into a project. And then you don't have to be capped by those resources. In other words, let's say it did take Kathy 12 weeks to produce this incredible portrait. She doesn't have to limit what she charges to a weekly rate times 12 weeks. 
She can charge a premium because she is an expert. She is a rare talent. And in fact, she should be charging a premium. But without doing the math, how would you know that? How would you ever know the number of resources you're putting into that painting or you're putting into that project? If that's the only change you make, you determine the number of hours it's going to take you and then you have an hourly rate that at least is three times your overhead, you're profitable, period. But of course, we shoot ourselves in the foot in a variety of ways, right? Even if we're charging an hourly fee, we don't log all the hours or we don't build a client for all the hours. We have so many ways to continue staying stuck as chronic underchargers. Now, when I say it's really important for Kathy to know how many hours it takes her to produce a painting, I mean, it's really important for Kathy to know that. It's really important for you to know how long it's going to take you to remodel and renovate a kitchen, for example. However, you don't have to share that information with the customer. The customer doesn't need to know how many hours it's going to take you. Once you're working in a flat fee, that's the whole point of a flat fee. You don't say, well, it's going to take me 30 hours to do this project and therefore I'll give you a flat fee of 30 hours. That defeats the purpose. You say the flat fee for this kitchen is $60,000 period, full stop. And then if it takes you 38 hours, you made a lot of money. If it takes you 109 hours, you lost money. But you won't know any of that unless you do the math. So when her customer asked her how long it took to do that portrait, what's the right answer? The only correct answer is 28 years. 28 years of studying, of painting, of making mistakes and making improvements and fine-tuning my craft. How long did it take me to do the painting? 28 years. What are you going to charge for that? Getting a few highly profitable years under your belt using Business of Design's hourly fee systems is worthwhile. And then if you want to make the transition to flat fees, you'll have the confidence you need to charge what you need to charge. But again, if you feel like, no, I'm ready. I got this. I can do this. Great. Then you'll go straight to Business of Design's flat fee process. I am currently rewriting volume one, two, and three of Business of Design. Don't forget, I started writing these books in 2006. It's been a long time and I've learned a lot. And as an innovator and as a business trainer, I adjust as I go, as I learn more. Making an adjustment doesn't mean you're failing. It means you're improving. Volume three is called Win the Flat Fee Game. And despite the book's title, I know this is no game. This is your livelihood, and you've chosen it because you have a gift and you have an aptitude. You love what you do. You want to please clients. And if we're honest, we want to receive recognition for the work we do. Positive praise from clients, getting published in a magazine, positive comments in social media. And we deserve to be fairly compensated. No one wants to argue about money. No one wants to fuss over paperwork, although I still maintain that the paperwork is where the money is. So it's important to get it streamlined and make it matter. But we're all looking for the easiest way to get clients on board so we can do the project, right? Reading straight from volume three, Win the Flat Fee Game Now, 
We all feel this way, and yet the vast majority of professional designers, and I mean to include architects, interior designers, interior architects, interior decorators, stagers, stylists, landscapers, organizers, etc., we consistently lose money when we work on a flat fee or a value-based fee. In fact, the way this particular game is played, it nearly always results in the designer losing money. But we're a hardy bunch. We dust ourselves off and say, hmm, I really learned something this time. I'll never do that again. And then we go to an industry event or Facebook and we bitterly complain about our lot. We are greeted with a chorus of peers who share our frustration and give us encouraging pep talks. Don't worry, they say, that happened to us too. You'll do better next time, but you won't. Not if you continue to do flat fee proposals or hourly fee proposals the way you're doing them now. Project difficulties cannot be corrected or eliminated by applying the same methods used to create the problems in the first place. If you've already been doing flat fee or value-based proposals, there's a really good chance you've been losing money consistently. You know it, but it's not something you dwell on. The sad truth is most of us don't realize the extent of our losses. It's a bit like a trip to Vegas. Once you turn that cold hard cash into pretty little chips, it's easy to forget the value. It's easy to forget that it's cold hard cash. If you had to lay down a $50 bill with every blackjack hand, you'd probably think twice. But a pretty little chip? I think I'll put down two. By the same token, if you could see how much cash you lose by being an undercharger, by consistently charging too little, by underestimating the number of hours it's going to take to complete a project, the number of resources it's going to take to complete a project, negotiating fees that are too low at the outset, failing to bill for tasks that are outside of the scope, no matter how minor, if you could see how much that costs you, you'd probably never do it again. The way most have been doing flat fees up to now is a losing game. And why play if you can't win? You can win the flat fee game, but you do have to change the rules. And let's be honest, you have to be brave. You have to be very brave and you have to trust me. You have value and expertise that really matters. Right now, clients are at home and they're sitting in the family room and it's not that comfortable or it's tired looking and they're realizing, wow, we've been putting up with this for a long, long time. I think we need to hire an interior designer. I think we need to hire a decorator. Our phone is beginning to ring with requests like that. Listen, it's just the living room or it's just the family room, but it's really not comfortable. Is this something we could take on right now? And yeah, we can, but I'm the boss. I make the rules. I get to set a premium for my expertise. And if I'm going to take a small job rather than the whole house top to bottom, which is extremely profitable, it's okay if I serve up a flat fee that's high. Because right now in this particular climate, everything we do is going to be more difficult. I have found everything to be more challenging right now. Ordering things, accepting deliveries, getting movers, All of those things are really challenging and difficult right now. 
So instead of the natural instinct to maybe lower fees because times are challenging or difficult, you might want to think about raising fees, doing less work, but delivering exceptional value to those customers you serve. And again, just a reminder, if you're anything like me and there's a little voice in your head that says, who does she think she is? You can't serve your community if you don't contribute to it financially. You can't keep small businesses alive if you don't contribute financially. You can't support Business of Design and its membership if you don't do well financially. You can't save for your children's education. You can't help your mom if she needs a new car if you're not financially sound. There's no honor in staying broke and so much to be gained from confidently stating your value to clients. And the next time a client asks you how long it took to do something, if you're in a flat fee contract, remember the answer, 28 years. Thanks so much, everyone, for being here. Stay healthy, stay well, stay tuned. Lots of great things happening here at Business of Design, and we thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.